0: Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation about a variety of topics including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. The latest Kendrick Brothers film is now in theaters. It's called Overcomer and I had the chance recently to attend the red carpet premiere of the film in Atlanta. Coming up, comments from actors in the film, Alex Kendrick, Priscilla Shire, Aaron Wright-Thompson, Sherry Rigby, and Cameron Arnett. Also, the annual Getty Music Worship Conference, called Sing, was held in Nashville recently, presented by Keith and Kristen Getty. A number of artists and speakers were on hand, including Andrew Peterson, who discussed with me his double Award-nominated song called, Is He Worthy? Also at the Sing conference, I had the chance to talk with noted author, speaker, and professor John Lennox, who shared about his involvement in the conference and commented on the relationship of science to faith and biblical truth. Also coming up on this edition of The Intersection, after graduating from college, Beckett Cook went to L.A. and became a designer. He met a group of Christians who invited him to church. God touched his life, and he came face-to-face with the sinfulness of his homosexuality. A snapshot of his experience is coming up on this edition of The Intersection podcast. This is The Intersection, which is a production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. The new film from the Kendrick brothers called Overcomer is now in theaters, It's centered on the theme of Identity in Christ. It features a basketball coach played by Alex Kendrick who loses his team due to the closing of a local factory and players moving away. He switches off to coach cross country, but has only one player who is played by Aaron Wright Thompson. This sets up a story of identity, forgiveness, and God's faithfulness. From the Atlanta red carpet premiere, here are Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shire. It is the red carpet premiere of the film Overcomer, Alex Kendrick, we've come to this moment again. Was it, Is this the seventh, sixth film? So
1: this is the sixth Kendrick Brothers film. This is the sixth time that we've uh, written one and produced it for the for the theater, and we're very excited about it. We love uh, the energy in this room. It's very, very exciting. And we love this, this film. This is our best production, uh, biggest budget, things like that, and we think this message is one of the stronger messages. It's on identity in Christ. And uh, we want to people to see a very entertaining movie, but at, at the end of it, to be able to ask themselves, is my identity primarily found in Jesus Christ or something else? Maybe it needs to be reordered. But it's an inspirational look at how to do that. And, uh, and again, we loved making this film.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So in these times in which we live, comment, if you would, on the message that you believe is so relevant for these times, for this day, this hour.
1: So the world is telling us your identity needs to be found in your feelings or in your job or in um, your financial status. We believe the Creator gets to define His creation and that the foundation of our identity needs to be found in Jesus Christ. He loves us more than we love ourselves. He knows us more than we know ourselves and He has the authority to tell us who we are. Uh, no one has higher authority than the Lord. So if we can urge people to to study scripture, and for us, we found this in Ephesians 1 and 2, those first two chapters, if we can urge people to study scripture and learn a little bit more about what their their identity should be found, that's success for us.
0: That's awesome. Alex Kendrick, thank you. Bless you. Good to see you, Bob. Good to see you. We are here at the red carpet premiere for the movie Overcomer. Priscilla Shire is joining us. And Priscilla, I was just thinking it was about what four years ago or so that you were you and I were standing on this very podium the red carpet for war room you're doing it again with the Kendrick brothers that's pretty awesome it
2: is pretty awesome I can't believe they keep letting me be a part of this
0: (laughs) oh you did such a fabulous job in war room and now to have have you in this film Tell us what being an overcomer means to you and what you would want people to take away from it.
2: You know, it means a lot to me because we're living in a time where faith-based films have never, ever been taken this seriously before. The technical excellence is matched with a great story and an opportunity to speak the name of Jesus without fear. And so that's why I'm glad to be a part of it, because we're not sugarcoating the good news of Jesus Christ, and we're doing it well on screen. And I'm hoping that when people see these films, that they will walk away with not only having been entertained and been drawn into a story, but that somehow the red carpet for God to march into their life would have been rolled out, and they'll just maybe ponder things differently or consider things differently. Or like with War Room, I heard from many people who literally changed the course of their marriage or changed the course they were charting in their life because of that film. And so I'm hoping that the same impact will happen with Overcomer.
0: Priscilla Shire, thank you. You're welcome. Priscilla Shire and Alex Kendrick from the Atlanta Red Carpet event, celebrating the opening of the film Overcomer, which is now in theaters. I also had the chance to talk with Aaron Wright-Thompson and Sherry Rigby. Well, we are here at the Overcomer premiere in Atlanta, and we're looking forward to seeing this new Kendrick Brothers film. Aaron Wright-Thompson plays the role of Hannah in this film. And Aaron, I've heard so many wonderful things about you and your character. Tell me how you first became involved in Overcomer.
3: Well, I've been acting for around seven years. So I just, actually two weeks before I told other people this, I wanted to quit acting. And then I got an email from my agent and she wanted me to audition for this role. So I auditioned the first time then I got a call back and I went to meet the Kendrick brothers and they asked me a lot of questions about my faith and how much I love God. And I told them and my audition blew them away, which is Whenever I auditioned for them, I just felt Jesus walk right beside me. And I felt him right there with me telling me I got this and I don't need to be nervous about it. So after the audition, it, I had to do a running audition, which was hard, but I did it. And then about t- three weeks later, I got a call back from them telling me that I got the part.
0: You did a running audition. And mm-hmm. just to give a little explanation of that, you yeah. play a cross-country runner yeah. in the film. Yes, I did. Not only that. You play the cross-country runner on the cross-country team, yes. which is quite a setup there. So tell me what you had to do to, to kind of get ready for this role.
3: So like, so two weeks before filming, I had to get a running coach, my friend Nicole, and she taught me how to run three miles in two weeks. So filming started, and, and it was just easy running. It was just like beginning and ending. So I was like, okay, that's pretty easy. I can, I can at least do that. And then it got to two weeks of filming, and I had to do – I had to do seven miles each day. And I had shin splints and everything, so that was really hard, but I always knew that God was with me and that I could do this.
0: Well, tell me about your character and really the message that Hannah sends to the audience.
3: I think Hannah sends to the audience that even if your past is not the best path, um, you are always loved by God and he will always love you and he forgives you for the bad things that you have done and she finds her identity and you can definitely see the transformation in a movie of her confidence just get better and you can just see that knowing that God loves her she would just felt so much better about herself.
0: That is awesome. Well watch for Aaron Wright Thompson in the movie Overcomer and Aaron, it has been great to chat with you. Thank
3: you for having me.
0: Thank you. Here on the red carpet for Overcomer, the latest Kendrick Brothers film, Sherry Rigby plays the role of the the wife of Alex Kendrick. Your name is?
2: Yep, Amy Harrison in the movie. Yeah,
0: Amy Harrison married to John, yeah. Alex's character. So now that we got that set, tell us what you want audiences to really take away from this film.
4: Yeah, well, I think Overcomer is really an incredible movie about these, you know, different people that go on a journey of identity. And really, you know, they're they're searching and they're looking for who they are. And, and, and then God reminds them, wait a minute, there's only one that defines you. And so that's really what this movie is about. And I think that they're going to go on a fantastic journey, laughing, crying, you name it. It's an incredible, incredible story.
0: All those great Kendrick components, Oh, right?
4: <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, you, you know, this movie it is quite the journey because people are you know in movie theaters they're experiencing where they're laughing and they're on their feet cheering and it's been an incredible the Kendrick brothers are always blowing our minds so yeah
0: (laughs) Sherry Rigby thank you so much good to see you. you
4: good to see you too
0: Sherry Rigby and Aaron Wright Thompson from the Atlanta red carpet premiere of the film Overcomer the latest Kendrick brothers film now in theaters also I had the chance to talk with actor Cameron Arnett and his wife BJ on the red carpet Well, we are here at the Overcomer Red Carpet premiere in Atlanta. Lots of anticipation. So many people gathered in the lobby here at the Woodruff Arts Center in Midtown, Atlanta. And Cameron Arnett and his wife, BJ, are joining me today. And I tell you what, the film's about to be in theaters, and I know you've been doing these premieres as well. That's exciting. We are very excited. August
5: 23rd, we want everybody to come out bring everybody with you because it's very important to be out there on opening weekend. Overcomer is a film that uh, the entire family will enjoy and
0: find themselves in. Well, and let's talk about your role because I understand that you have a very important role, a key role in the film. I, I play a
5: gentleman by the name of Thomas Hill and he's basically the stabilizing force within the film, and he asks the hard questions, he causes you to think and and to really ponder as to who you are and what God is is doing in your life, and he lets you know that only God has the right to define his creation. And so uh, Thomas Hill is the one that brings that to to play, and and, and wherever you are, no matter what is happening in your life, you'll find yourself uh, taking a
0: moment and breathing with God and seeing exactly what's going on. So you meet John Harrison. That's yeah. the character that is played by Alex Kendrick. Right. So how do the two characters get together, as you might say? Well, you know, again, in
5: the film, it's, of course, quite by accident. But, you know, God does make a mistake. <laughs> right. You know, he's not a God of coincidence. And so he uh, maneuvers, orchestrates the whole thing. And it turns out that uh, they become great friends and uh, mentors and, uh, to each other. And, and, and we discuss some heavy things that
0: the entire uh, world needs to understand and know. Well, tell me about how you became involved in this particular film. Wow. <laughs> your, your wife is laughing here. <laughs> that, that's, that's an orchestration in itself.
5: In
4: itself.
0: Um, I,
5: I didn't even know that Alex knew that I existed, yep. but um, I was in uh, Nashville. Uh, I'm part of the ICVM, which I'm on the board, and I was on my way to actually set up for ICVM. And so I go, God prompts me for like two hours. And I finally say, okay, Lord, I'm going to go. And I go uh, to, um, what's what's the name? Gaylord, Gaylord. the Gaylord uh, Hotel. Mm -hmm. And as I go up the escalator, I hear my name. I hear Cameron on (laughs) that, And it's Alex Kendricks from way across the the room. And you know how big that place is. And I'm like, did Alex Kendrick just call my name? And he, he calls me over. Uh, Tells me about the story, and I am crying. He is such a great storyteller. I I am bawling, and that's how I got involved. That's how he let me know, and it's been a trek ever since, and it's been a, a delight ever since.
0: Well, tell me, BJ, from your standpoint, as the wife of Cameron, seeing him in this film and seeing the message, what would you say about not only the film itself but also his performance in it? Well, I, I'm, it's going to sound biased, but... Uh, that's <laughs> perfectly fine. I am his wife, and he was absolutely amazing. Uh, the performance was not
2: w- at all what I expected. He embodied the character that he was called to be, and I was extraordinarily proud of him. We have very frank conversations about
0: what we need to do and how we need to do it, and I just... I cried and cried and cried some more because I'm happy for him, but also because he got to work with some wonderful people mm-hmm. who allowed mm-hmm. his explosion as an actor.
6: And, and I just feel very, very blessed to have been a part of that. Uh,
0: that is awesome. So, very quickly, main takeaway of this film, you think? The
5: main takeaway, like I stated before, only the creator has the right to define his creation. Do not let anything else take the place of God in your life. The, the issues that happen in your life, the, the downward spiral that happens is because there's a disconnect from God, your source. And so get back to him. He's in love with you. He's not angry with you. And no matter what you've done before, he will receive you with open arms.
0: The Arnett's joining me here on the red carpet for Overcomer. Thank you all. God bless. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Cameron and BJ Arnett from the Atlanta Red Carpet premiere event, celebrating the release of the film Overcomer, now in theaters. You can learn more by going to the website, overcomermovie.com. Well, recently, the annual Getty Music Worship Conference called Sing was held in Nashville, presented by Keith and Kristen Getty. A number of artists and speakers were on hand, including Andrew Peterson, who discussed with me his Dove Award-nominated song, Is He Worthy? From that conversation at Sing... 2019, this is Andrew Peterson.
4: I think, I, I like call and response. There's a cool thing that, that plays itself out there. And, and, you know, from talking to people, that seems to be what is resonating with them. One of the things that's resonating with them. I, I uh, didn't grow up in a liturgical church at all, um, but, ha- but have since gone to this church where the liturgy is just so rich. I'm a word guy, so getting to stand there and read these ancient prayers... Um, written by saints that went before us and and that articulate um, our things that I wouldn't have thought to pray. And so, you know, I used to think, oh, well, real prayer is extemporaneous. It's from the heart. Um, But I'm so thankful that... um, it's like in in, um, in the Gospels when the, the disciples tell Jesus, teach us to pray, right? There's a way to learn to pray. One of the ways we can learn to pray is by praying prayers that have been prayed before um, that guide your heart into into corners that, that it would not automatically go. And so um, I have been learning to pray, learning to confess better, um, learning. You know, there's a prayer uh, that we pray in church that says, you know, Lord, we've sinned against you and uh, by loving our name, by not— We've sinned against you by not uh, loving our neighbors, by what we have done and what we have left undone. And I've, I've confessed plenty about what I have done in my life. You know what I mean? But I, I, until then, it didn't really occur to me to, to, uh, to confess my sin to God for what I have left undone. All of the things that I should have, all the ways I should have loved my family better all the ways I should have served my neighbors better. Um, so it's just pr- that kind of prayer is teaching me a lot. And the other thing I love about the liturgy is that it's not—the the, the sermon isn't the star of the show. You know, if you go to a liturgical church, the the communion at the end of the service is the thing that everything is leading to. Um, and so we there's this thing where, like, you're I can't fall asleep in church. I used to love sleeping dur- through my dad's sermons when I was a kid <laughs> uh, because most of the time we sing, and then there's the— sermon that's 45 minutes, and then we sing again, and then we're kind of done. There's some other stuff thrown in there. But in this liturgy, it's it's like every, every few minutes I'm asked to respond, along with a bunch of other believers. Uh, we're asked to affirm what we believe um, together, and we pray together. And so it, we're guided through this thing, so I, there's not one chance for me to get bored, you know? Um, and so all that to say, I, like, I was just really intrigued by this idea that, like, the... the the congregation was a part of the service right that that it's not just the song leader on the stage singing at people and saying let's all sing together it's like hey let's tell each other the story let's let's affirm what we believe to each other which is one of the reasons we go to church and so i had written the uh the uh the verses of the song in that style and i didn't know what the chorus was supposed to be and then uh was just racking my brain. What, how? Do, how do I move from this call and response thing in the verses to a chorus that makes sense? And then I remembered that there's a call and response in Revelation chapter five, uh, and I remember it's this beautifully dramatic moment in in Revelation where John is is weeping. I think he's weeping loudly, or there oh, there's a loud weeping in heaven because no one can be found who is worthy and uh, to open the scroll, and then the elders say, no, there is one who's worthy, and Jesus kind of strides into the scene. And so, yeah, there was this question followed by an answer um, that felt like the perfect way to draw the attention to Jesus.
0: Andrew Peterson from the Getty Music Worship Conference Sing 2019 in Nashville. He has an updated version of the album Behold the Lamb of God coming out soon. Is He Worthy was originally recorded on the Resurrection Letters Volume 1 album Also, it was found on last year's Getty Music Sing Conference album called Sing, Psalms, Ancient and Modern. Andrew's website is andrew-peterson.com. Well, the intersection continues with more coverage from this year's Sing Conference. The theme was The Life of Christ. Noted author and speaker John Lennox, who serves as a professor of mathematics at the University of Oxford, shared about his involvement in the conference and commented on the relationship of science to faith and biblical truth. He has written a book called, Can Science Explain Everything? From that conversation at Singh, this is John Lennox now. Tell me about how someone who is a
6: professor, a well-known speaker and writer, why are you at a musical, a musical conference, if you will? Well, the reason is very simple because this conference is being organized by Keith and Kristen Getty. Kristen Getty is my niece, and I introduced her to Keith. And so they've invited me as a special guest at the conference. That is outstanding. So, how did you,
0: as you mentioned, Kristen is your niece, how is it that you got her and
6: Keith together? Oh, well, simply because I knew Keith earlier, and when she developed uh, interest in singing, she asked me, did I know anybody who might help her? And so that's how it happened. Well, and
0: there are thousands of people that are gathered here at the Gaylord Opryland this week to not only to worship the Lord together, but to get a keener insight on how worship can be integrated into churches and various ministries, and, and I tell you, Keith and Kristen have such a unique ministry. They have been known as modern-day hymn writers and worship leaders, and to see them inspire so many people and to see people come from all over the country to Nashville this week, this conference keeps growing. That has to be incredibly gratifying to you.
6: Oh, it's very encouraging to me, especially the fact that the hymns they write and the music they write are hymns that are very full of very clearly expressed biblical content and so what they've done is get the world back to singing biblical hymns that actually teach people what the christian faith is about and move us away from emotional narcissistic hymns which have very little content at all
0: Well, let's talk about your overall ministry. You've written a number of books throughout the years, one of which is called Can Science Explain Everything? And I want you to, as we shift into some of your own writings, to to talk about this particular book that you have put together. What inspired it, and what did you really want to communicate through it?
6: Well, what inspired that book was the fact that increasingly young people are told that they can forget God, that... Science actually explains everything. And I point out in this book that that's actually nonsense, and it's very easy to see it's nonsense, because if the natural sciences could explain everything, you'd have to shut up history faculties, literature faculties, art faculties, music faculties. It's just a very silly view, but some very high-powered people who ought to know better are advocating it. But in that book then, and I've written a book that's accessible to young people, and I'm very encouraged by the response to that. I had another earlier book, and people kept saying, look, there's too much in it, it's too inaccessible. So this book really helps people, even if they haven't a scientific understanding, to grasp what science can say and what it cannot say. And I've put... In there, some of the arguments that I use all the time with people to point out that far from science getting rid of God, actually science and the God of the Bible fit perfectly together.
0: John Lennox from the Getty Music Worship Conference Sing 2019 in Nashville. His website address is 2Ns.org. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast. It's a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can learn more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the media center marked Meeting House On Demand through which you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the podcast. Also, you can subscribe to The Intersection Podcast through iTunes. You can also find the podcast in the Media Center. Plus, through The Meeting House homepage, there are links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. There's also a link to video content. Content from The Meeting House program and The Intersection Podcast can also be found through the Faith Radio app. Learn more when you go to faithradio.org. Content also available through a number of other apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Learn more when you visit the Meeting House homepage. Recently, I had a chance to talk with Beckett Cook. He's author of the book, A Change of Affection, A Gay Man's Incredible Story of Redemption. In our conversation, he shared from his story of God's transformation in his life through a relationship with Christ related his perspective on the sinfulness of homosexuality, and commented on matters of his identity in Christ. From that overall conversation, here now is Beckett Cook.
7: They told me that they were evangelical Christians and that they went to this church in Hollywood called Reality LA, and of course, you know, I get to the $64,000 question at the end of our conversation, and I said, you know, what does your church believe about homosexuality? And they were very blunt and Forthright and said, "Well, our church, we believe it's a sin." And and what's interesting is because of that moment in Paris of feeling that total emptiness, when they told me that, I didn't react badly. I just was kind of I just accepted it what they said, and I was actually kind of appreciated their honesty. And then they invited me to their church the following Sunday. And uh, so I had a whole week to think about do i should i should i stay or should i go (laughs) sure yeah i i you know the following sunday i woke up and i was like i guess i'm going to church today and i had never been to an evangelical church so i didn't know what it even was i didn't know what it looked like or what it felt like anything i just so i got in my car and i drove to this auditorium and uh, it's in a public high school in, uh, in in Hollywood. And I drove to the auditorium and I walked in and I was like, wow, this is different. You know, there's no stained glass windows and there's no smoke and no bells. Um, but it, so it was it was uh, kind of refreshing that it was so minimal. And um, but then I hear the worship music the Christian worship music. And I was, and I immediately kind of cringed and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot Christian worship music existed. And, but then I was like, no, 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 it's actually good. And then I, and then I walked to my seat and, um, and then, then that that's when the pastor came out and gave an hour long sermon. And, uh, the when he, he, as he was giving, as he was preaching on Romans chapter seven, strange things started happening. I started, everything he was saying, every word he was saying, every sentence he was saying was resonating as truth in my mind and my heart, and I didn't know why. And I was on the edge of my seat the entire sermon. And after the sermon was over, he, he said, you know, there's people on the side of the church who can pray for you if you need prayer for anything, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I had, the, I had this moment of, do I go over there and ask for prayer? If I do, it's kind of humiliating. People might be watching me. And so, but I just was like, I'm here. I'm just going to walk over there. So I, I walked over during the second set of worship, which is another 30 minutes long. So the worship music is, is playing at this point. Again, I walk over and I asked this guy, I walk up to this guy and I said, I don't know what I believe, but I'm here. And he said, okay, let me pray for you. And it was a very intense, kind of powerful prayer. And I felt like, why does this guy love me so much? Because the, the prayer was so loving. And uh, and I then I thanked him. I went back to my seat. The worship music is still playing for another 25 minutes. And I was processing the prayer and the sermon and the music, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just like overwhelmed my my body my mind my spirit and i just was uh, god in that moment revealed himself to me and he was it was like he was it was like he said to me you know i'm god jesus is my son heaven's real hell's real the bible is true you're now adopted into my kingdom Mm. welcome awesome (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i just started I just started bawling and bawling and bawling for the 25 minutes i was crying and crying and i was crying because i had just met the king of the universe jesus god and over my sins i was just crying over the sorrow of my sins but it was just this it was kind of this mix of joy and sorrow at the same time but it was so wonderful i mean it was like this amazing kind of experience and it was kind of a, a road to Damascus experience that's how it felt just like super strong like god was just like here this is who i am and i also knew in that moment i also knew in in the heart of my hearts uh that then and the, i just knew to the core of my being that being gay was no longer who i was mm. and that was that was a thing of the past and that was not going to be part of my future with with god and I didn't care because I had just met Jesus, and and I was so overwhelmed by the his love that I didn't care about giving that up. Beckett Cook here on The
0: Intersection. His website address is Beckett, with one T, Cook.com. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast. It is a weekly production of The Meeting House. Again, the website address, meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the media center where you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the intersection podcast. The podcast can be found in the media center. You can also subscribe via iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is the three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is the front room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the meeting house. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the meeting house, Facebook page. Plus there's a link to video content, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info. Conversations from the Meetinghouse program and guests featured on the Intersection podcast can also be found through the Faith Radio app. Learn about downloading it for your smartphone or tablet by visiting faithradio.org. That content also available on other apps, including Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcasts. Learn more through the Meetinghouse homepage. Again, that website address, meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.